the Joint Strike Fighter F thirty five. I know I'm, I, I know all too well about that. That's yeah. That's why that UTC management's important. Oh, that's going to be good to hear. I like that. I ain't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw Richie under the bus. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, man. So everybody's audio is good. We're recording. Yeah, we're recording. Update. All right. Let's go to get it started, man. So hey, everybody, welcome yes, to the very please. official Logistics Planners Podcast. Uh, it is a nice, cool Monday evening here in Northern Virginia. How about for you, co-host? Uh, pretty spanking hot in uh, in my undisclosed location. <laughs> Get out uh, of here, man! Tampa Stan is not undisclosed. Come on now, it's undisclosed. It's, it's well, undisclosed. your redeploy ULN isn't validated yet, so I think it is. I think it is <laughs> All right, I, val- so. I validate it tomorrow. And and Will it is chilly and rainy. I, I see you got. Rainy. I see you got. Uh, I see you got a. What's that? A deer head behind you? A moose head? Yeah, it's it's a deer. You you shot it? it? I did in Texas. Where they got moose? They got deer in Texas? Oh yeah. 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 Hold up. Okay, because I want to talk about that. But before we get into that, please introduce yourself. Yeah. So. I am uh, Staff Sergeant Henry Schultz. I've been in uh, the career field as a pipeliner, pipeliner, you know, hey. uh, for about nine years almost now. Uh, I've been to Columbus Air Force Base, which, by the way, you talked about Columbus a lot uh, a few episodes ago, and it, I, it got me. It got me. Um, so Columbus uh, did about five and a half years there, snagged uh, two deployments, one uh, – out of the deed and one uh, to Bagram and then uh, PCS to Kunsan Air Force Base or Air Base and then uh, did my year there and I've been at Hill now uh, the 388th maintenance group uh, okay. for about a year and a half now okay nice nice well welcome to the welcome to the, the podcast man definitely glad to have you I know we try to get you on a little bit back and then some scheduling conflicts and then apparently you were out yeah. uh, shooting defensive animals, defenseless. Animals. <laughs> so, that, that was years ago, years ago. So, okay. So, so let me ask you this. So are you, are you from Texas? I am not. I have family there uh, okay. from Arizona originally. Okay. But. So where in Texas did you, did you shoot that the buck? That was in uh, Bandera County. Uh, okay. So yeah. just North of San Antonio and yeah, yeah. Uh, Bernie and all that. So Gracie. Yeah, yeah, hill country. So basically, there's a lot. And when I say a lot of, of hunting in Texas, of course, Ben. You, you, but but um, most people will think like uh, feral pigs or hogs, right? A lot of deer. They're not huge deer. I mean, that buck up there, I can't tell if it's like what eight point or or, or, or whatever. Or, yeah, this one I think is the eight. I have another one on the other side okay. that's a ten. Oh yeah, please. Yeah. So so I mean the what the white tail. What you, you do with the, what, you do with the meat? Did you eat it? Oh, absolutely. I was gonna say we're not friends. We, we, oh we man, it's, if you didn't eat. it, it fed uh, me. Both of them fed me for almost an entire year. Each one. Nice, so. nice. We've uh, um, I've been hunting a few times with some uh, some cousins and uncles and my father, down in it's South Texas. Fishing. It's no. about fishing. That's no. what it's no. called. We, we, we went it's hunting, right? So I, I so no, I'm not like a big uh, I'm not a big gun uh, gun guy. Water hunting. No, no, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> so so we went out right and. Um, and I've been in the Air Force for a few years by now. 
and, and my dad's like, hey, we're going to go sh- uh, shoot some deer and some hogs and some other stuff on your uncle's ranch or cousin's ranch. So we go out there, man. 600-acre ranch. It's got about four ponds uh, stocked with bass. And oh, so we go man. hunting. It's early. Hey, what I tell you? What I tell you? Well, no, that's the start of it. That's the start of it. What I tell you? I said water hunting, didn't I? You okay, did. Yeah, so, so we did. We did do some fishing, but we did some hunting. So we're in a blind, and it's like, I don't know, like probably like 18 degrees. That's too fucking cold. And so my unc- my my dad shot. So I shot a, a, a pig at about, uh, it might have been 75 yards out of the blind, right? Shot a pig crossing the road. And then a bobcat came out about a half hour later to start because he smelled the blood, right? And then my dad blew the the side of the bobhead's cat, or hat, head, sorry, clean off. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, and sorry, was we come down the blinds, right? Here's a sad story. Let me really set the tone for this episode. So we come down the blinds after a few hours, right? And um, and everybody's coming from their sections to come meet. And as we're loading up the freaking, <laughs> excuse me, uh, bless you. As we're bless loading up the the hog and the bobcat, the uh, the hog was a female, and uh, these two piglets come running out behind it, right from like the brush. And so we're like, oh damn! And when I say piglets. I don't know, man. Maybe twelve pounds. If, bust you know them what I'm too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bust that's, them that's, too. That's some good meat. And no. so, and so, my dad. And so, I'm looking at, and my my dad looks at my uncle, or my uncle's like, "What are you gonna do?" And my dad's like, "I don't know." And I'm like, and I'm like, "Dad," I was like, "Don't kill those things." And my dad's like, "Anthony, if we don't kill them, another bobcat yep. or something's gonna get them." And so, my dad raises up his rifle, and they like they both of them line up like this. He popped the first one. Oh, Dan, this might get us kicked off of YouTube. He, he, puts, <laughs> he shoots the first one. The uh, the bullet exiting the back of that first one blows the second one about 15 feet in the air, flipping, covered in blood and guts. What kind and of rifle is this? I, I can't remember. Man, we were like 20 feet away from this damn thing at this point. You're like, we were on the ground. Yeah, they they were babies. You ain't, eating, you ain't eating that pig. No, so, <laughs> so, so the second one lands, gets up, shakes itself off, and then bolts it <laughs> for us. And so I'm like, yeah. Dad, I was like, that's so mean, man. And so, like anyways, this, yeah. It shook, would you say like this or like yeah, this? Yeah, it, it got up and it was like, <laughs> uh, it was like this. And it was like, and so, anyways, you know, though, yeah. it was the right thing to do because they are a nuisance in, in North America and Texas. So, I mean, what pigs are? The right, oh, yeah, they're bad. Feral hogs they're, are. Really bad. Oh, they're evasive. They multiply worse than rabbits. So, yeah. Really? They're evasive. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, fair the the hogs, man, in, in Texas. So, Bracy, what they'll do? They'll, they'll my, my nice microphone myself. Well. They'll tear up a they'll tear up acres acres of, of prime hunting area, man. And so they just come and they rut. They just rut, and you'll see this dozens of them, man. And they're big, ugly, and they're uh, they're scary, man. So they get, they're aggressive as shit too. My dad's are these like the wild them. are these like wild yeah. boars? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And some of them in Texas, and I don't know if it's if it's south or just or, or central. They have the javelinas, the ones that have the tusks. Oh yeah, and we so, have those in Arizona too. And they're, dude, okay. they're mean. They're mean as yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, I remember my dad telling me a story about uh, when he was uh, in his teens and he went hunting with my grandfather, and my grandfather was trying to sneak up on a pack of javelinas, and they saw him, and so they chased him and my dad up a tree for like a few hours. They kept circling around the tree until they for them to come down. It was, it was insane. What? So, so, anyway. so you mean to tell me? So you mean to tell me it ain't no real, it ain't no pumbas out there, huh? There's no what? There's no pumbas. 
And no. the pump was out there. That's no, the wrong kind. No. Mm-hmm. No pump was, huh? I'm over no, adjusting my mic, y'all, because I want to sit down. It's fine. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's dangerous. But anyways, all right, man. Enough honey stories. All right, so Henry. So you already told us a little bit about yourself, man. So uh, um, all right. So pipeline log planner, uh, two bases, yep. two deployments. So three bases. Three bases. Oh, that's right. Oh, sorry. Okay. So uh, Kunsan. All right. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. I'm over we're, here. We're better so than, than Osan, you know. That's that's how we is go. It? Oh, is I'm a Osan alum, so I, I don't have to disagree. <laughs> Wolf pack, you know. The Mustangs. <laughs> is it? Re- I mean, is it really? Is there like a? Uh, is it just a tribal type thing? I mean, wh- why does it matter? Yeah, it's, it is. It's tribal, but I mean, Kunsan, everybody is is angry and all the time because they're out in the middle of nowhere, whereas Osan's in the Mall of America with the BX there. And, uh, Souls so, right so, so there. So it's it, it like this. It's like this. You got to go to, if you when you go to Korea for the first time, you got to go to Kunsan. I mean, Osan. When you go to, um, when you go back to, if you had to go back to Korea the second time, you want to go to Kunsan. So Osan first, Kunsan second. That's how it's supposed to be because when you're the old son, it's like wilding out. I'm crazy. We're gonna drink soju all night long. We're gonna break curfew. And then when you get when your second time around, it's like man, I'm, I don't have energy and time for all of that. So I'm gonna go to Kunsan, <laughs> where it's close knit, it's family oriented. There's literally nothing to do unless you're doing it on base. Um, I.e. Uh, drinking the soju. Uh, oh yeah, like the, <laughs> the C.E. See, security uh, forces got this got this robbery. CE kidnaps uh, or steals a cop car and uh, puts it on top of uh, uh, one of those. I forgot. Do they still got them? I, I forgot what they were called. The little squadron bars uh, where you used to hop back and forth to the squadron bars. Or, mm-hmm. secu- or the security forces goes and steals um, a CE statue. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's what that's what Kunsan is like. The big old frat party. Yeah. Good times. Interesting. Good times. Uh, nice, nice. So, but, but but Gonzo Gonzo won't ever experience that because uh, he's been living the high life his entire career. So he's, that's yeah. not true. That's not true. I went I went yeah, he, to uh, he, I went to Osan been, for a month for an exercise. He, hey, he's been living he's been living that bougie life. Man, bougie. He's been bougetto. You know, bougetto. I'll tell you about the bougie life though. I finally experienced it last summer, and I went on TSP to Europe with uh, the F thirty fives. Now that was the bougie life. Oh, Full mean. per diem, off base. I mean, a dream. A couple different locations. So yeah, yeah, that... he would have that. He would have <laughs> So okay, so uh, so you're a pipeline planner, right? You got you got you got a. I would say a pretty damn good amount of experience uh, in less than a decade. So have you worked with uh, both pipeline and cross trainee log planners in your career? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've worked with, with worked with them both, whether they were, whether I was the, you know, new pipeliner and um, being trained up by a cross trainee as well as uh, pipeliners. And then I've also been the trainer for senior NCOs as a uh, <laughs> airman. Bless you. Bless you. Yeah. So, I mean, I had my first supervisor, uh, Sergeant Snipes, uh, Rashad Snipes. He he was like, "Hey, man, you're fresh out of tech school." Yeah, I see you, Bracely. That's 
he's a good dude. Um, yeah, so Snipes is my first soup, and uh, just hey, just you're fresh out of tech school, you're your new kid, and you know, went from there. So, uh, and then I've also, on the other hand, been uh, trained in master sergeants. Um, one of them actually, he's made chief, uh, chief C, uh, going to Herbert. Uh, I trained him up basically. That's how you say his name? C? C. Yeah. Yeah. Rodell C. Oh, I thought it was Cy. I thought it was Cy. Yeah. Everybody thinks that, but yeah, it's it's C. Okay. Nice. Um, okay. So what would you say, uh, if you, I know I have um, my biases, I would say that, uh, that cross-trained log planners, specifically those in aircraft maintenance, they make decent log planners, right? But um, but but I know that's not the consensus. So what would you say when it comes to, hey, you know, uh, what? It gets on my nerves. <laughs> I mean, what, so so what would you say? What would you say about the whole uh, pipeline versus cross training thing? I mean, all right. So I've got a, a two T two I was stationed with, and he had a theory that that pipeliners were better than cross trainees. Whether that's you know that's that's the debate, right? Is who's better? And I think it just it varies, and it's all relative to yeah what what their situation in their past is so yeah i think aircraft maintenance if you're doing a lot of aviation move um they're gonna know a lot more you know when it comes to working with production and support and you know age knowing the equipment uh, all that kind of good stuff when it comes to aviation stuff whereas uh somebody who cross trains from i don't know personnel they may be good on you know some of the d capes type stuff but besides that i don't know so I don't know. There's who, there's who, theories, and I don't know if I'm gonna put put it to rest. But uh, so who you know who was this person? Who was this person that you that had the theory? Would you say they were? Uh, if you know him, uh, Alan Fanter. He's a, uh, a a trans guy, air trans, and he he always preached it in the office. Oh yeah, cross trainees aren't as good as the pipeliner. So I don't know though. I don't know. Well, I mean, well, I guess when it comes to two T twos, if I'm like, hey. I need you to put this box on here. Wow, it's there. I mean, you know, yeah, I guess wow. it is. <laughs> oh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Hey, so, 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 so this, 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 is, this is what I say. All right. Oh, man. So I used to be one of those guys that was like, man, forget these cross trainers because they, they, they're taking out opportunities that, that we know for us that have been in the career field for, you know, eight plus years, right? Um. But the old, the older I got in this game, um, I felt like cross trainer cross trainees from a a whole a holistic perspective, cross trainees are better loggies than pipeliners. Now, from from a operational standpoint, pipeliners are better planners than um, better log planners than cross trainees, and mainly because um, cross trainees come in with that that experience of dealing with uh, from a di- whole different career field. They bring it in, mm-hmm. you know, experiences, uh, you know, whether it's good or bad from a different career field. Pipeliners are so technically sound that we get into a situation where we could be we are we're both law planners, but because one is a cross trainer, one's a pipeliner, we can't even speak the same. We we speak in the same. We're speaking the same language, but we speak uh, when we say the same thing, we're just in different language. So it's very unique to the situation because I've seen where um, 
we were in the shop and if it was a heavily populated WRM base, there was a cross trainee that had, that was, had services background and we were able to get a, WR, a WRM problem resolved. But I also seen where, we, where if we were at a heavy aviation, uh, aviation base, that maintenance background, uh, uh, like in perfect example, Chief Wisebaum, man, um, when we were doing CSW, he used to call BS, hands down, <laughs> he used to call the BS flag on a lot of maintenance stuff whenever maintenance trying to come across and say they can or can't do something, especially with the ammo guys or weapons, ammo, Chief. I know it's the difference, but oh yeah, you know, uh, huge difference. So um, I think that cross trainees bring valuable, like they're, they're valuable to the team. But I also think that log pipeliners are more lethal. Yeah, I I would agree with that, especially with uh, just example. I think I got on a rant on the the group. I'm grabbing some water. Keep ago. talking. I can hear y'all. I was on a rant a couple couple months ago about how you have these senior airmen and staffs who are uh, very well versed and, and knowledgeable because you know they're pipeliners, and then you're sending, um, you know, these cross trainees are getting opportunities, whereas they're they're brand spanking new and they're still in upgrade training. So I think that's probably where my uh, I guess issue, if you will, not necessarily an issue, but where uh, my disdain for uh, cross trainees comes from is because they were soaking up some of the opportunities that uh, younger staffs and senior airmen could have been eligible for. Was it because of rank? Why, why, why do you think they? Why do you think they were getting those opportunities? Yeah, yeah, I think it's rank, but it, uh, and agreeably so. Now, I mean, that was that was a lot more of a younger uh, opinion of mine uh, growing up as a log planner was, you know, wanting to go all these, do these different things and not having the uh, enough time in service versus, you know, time in career field. Okay. I see that. I can see that, man. So no, that's, those are, those are both pretty, uh, very good. And, and I would say very damn accurate perspectives from both of you. Uh, and I would agree with both. So you are at a very unique wing. Right? Extremely. There, Base in general. A, yes, yes. I, uh, just the multiple, uh, the host installation, and then the multiple wings mm -hmm. that are on that in installation. Oh, and by the way, throw in the amount of boom that can go off uh, <laughs> at, that, at that area, right? Which, uh, is that where you're at? Yeah, so Hill. Uh, I'm... So there's the, the 75th Air Base Wing, which is the AFMC side. That's the host wing. And then there's a 388th Fighter Wing, which is the F-35As, um, you know, the new Air Force toy. Uh, and then there's all sorts of stuff. There's depot that's going on there. There's, um, uh, what is it, where they do the stamp missions, all the munitions building. There's, I believe, some sort of nuclear or ICBM type capability stuff going on. Um, there's, there's, it's astronomical the amount of things going on on that base. That it's, it's insane. Isn't, isn't that the base where the units or the squadrons wanted to have the ability to do load plans for each of their, uh, or the, the, the squadrons wanted their individuals to be load plan qualified there? That I'm I not, have no idea. Maybe I have to go back and I could have sworn I saw. Hey, 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 hey! Uh, well, shows may not remember this, but 
that's a conversation that we had back in 2017 at our, you know, our contingency locations um, about who's responsible for doing low plans. That was a heated debate. That's always a heated one because two T2s don't ever want to do it, you know, even when they're within the unit. And logistics planners, we can – if you've got an I code – Don't say that. Do don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ICOs qualified, so I can't do them, you know? That's kind of like saying right. I'm not forklift drive qualified, so, so I can't do so, that. So rule of, thumb, rule of thumb is this. According to, according to uh, DTR. The J, DTR, JTR, whatever it is, um, the unit is it's a unit responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but at the same time, when you're talking to mobility machine, that's, you know, from what I've been said, what I've been told by multiple LRS chiefs, not just law plans chief, chiefs, the LGR, DA, DAS, whatever it is, uh, they are, uh, they are the courtesy. Like it's, 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 it's a, it should be a seamless operation. Now, it really depends on what the base's mobility capabilities are, right? If that base doesn't have JI capabilities, then it will behoove those two T2s to train those units and I and, and then that base to come up with a plan and say, hey, excuse me, God damn allergies. Um, hey, every base that has mobility cargo, we're going to train X amount of people to do low plans. Why? Because the two T2s are there. They're, they're your J.I., right? They're your second set of eyes. Um, but that would be smart if that's the base that wants to do that. Hats off to them because there are a lot of bases that don't want to do it. But if you're a base that got a port, 222 should be doing it. Yeah, you have an AMC mm -hmm. port. So, okay, so you're at uh, – you're there with the, with the new the, – the Air Force's latest toy, right? That yeah. Strike Fighter. And so uh, it's not the Air Force's latest toy. It's another toy that came out after that. <laughs> what? What came after that? The tankers. Oh, the, oh. Yeah, what was it? The, the 46? 46, That's what the it is. The KC forty six. Not they having uh, all sorts of issues with those though. Is that, well, we're not going to go there. <laughs> Got to get in trouble to, to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, talking about talking about readiness levels of the forty six. <laughs> okay, so so okay, so talk about your time there, uh, being part of that program, and were you involved oh, in any of the uh, uh, like like <clears throat> like talk about your responsibilities there, and were you involved any way in the the preparation uh, of those uh, of those UTCs? Take it upstairs. Mm -hmm. I got oh man, so I've I've only been there a year and a half. Uh, so you with the UTCs, they were already built when we got yeah, there. Just, just basically the, my baseline, though, of, of getting the hill is basically I in process, took my time to uh, house hunt and all that good stuff. And my first week, I went TDY. So I went to Italy and Germany on a side survey. Uh, this, might, this might upset some people who've been stuck at bases because last year was like that was the dream year, right? So went on a side survey, went to Italy. Uh, Aviana went to Spangalum. Uh, oh, you went and did site surveys at Aviano and Spangalum. 
Yeah, so yeah, the reason being, though, is because they've never taken fifth-gen aircraft there before. So they had to know, like, could they operate? Could it, is it feasible? You know, all that kind of good stuff behind the side servo. Um, Why didn't you so, just look at the BSP? Without, without, <laughs> but, that, but that, of course, without going too, de too, detail, in, too detailed into it. But, yeah, I, I, I had a chance to – I had a chance to kind of – hear about what, what Schultz was doing because we were tagging, we were actually tagging along for an event that we can't really go into detail about, but we were tagging along for an event um, which caused, probably caused Schultz to be out there a little longer than what he was supposed to be out there for. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah, that whole concept you guys had going on was, was pretty yeah. neat. But so, yeah, so I went, between that, I went, TDY for the site survey to different conferences for Astral Night, uh, which is a big uh, integrated air missile defense exercise in, in the USAFE AOR, and then as well as uh, the Rapid Forge conference, which is that whole uh, what are they calling it now? It's no longer adaptive basing since it didn't quite dynamic force deployment. Dynamic uh, force deployment, DFE. No. Dynamic, yeah. Uh, it, it, it went. They tried to do ACE, but it, they called it something. They, they got yeah. like a couple of different names, but DFE agile combat. That's yeah. Wasn't that what it was? So there was that, and then uh, as well as I did another site survey. We took jets to uh, Switzerland for a uh, Ford military cells uh, trial, if you will. And then the actual TSP that we did. And then I've also done another site survey in France and different conferences. So, yeah, I was gone about 130 days out of the year last year. Okay. Good, good stuff. So, okay. So, you mentioned the UTCs, right? Separate from the mission or whatever those guys are doing. Um, what, is your, what is your experience with, with, with UTC builds and – and, oh, and do you think that those are important, regardless of where you're at or what, what type of mission? So I would say this, this is probably my first real unit with being a, a pilot unit as well. And it's, it's so crucial getting those right the first time, because if you're not, you're having a, when it comes review time, you're basically, um, if it's not done right the first time, it's, it's got to be redone. So I, I don't know if it was just because the nuances of being a new program and all the different nuances that go along with the f-35 and alice which is the server it runs off of and all that kind of good stuff but um because of the way that it was set up um there's just a lot of revamping going on right now yeah. currently i De mean sergeant bracely you can you can talk to it because we've been working you know sergeant jordan uh one of the other senior selects so there's just two of us at hill or at, at the 388th uh senior master select jordan and then myself but um, oh, that's kind of okay. become her, her, her brainchild or her baby is, is trying to knock out that UTC management or that rewrite before she gets on. So, so I, I could, I could actually tell you the history of that UTC. Um, and, and, and this is why, um, any law planner station at Edwards Air Force Base, I hate going back to this base, any law planner station at Edwards Air Force Base, if there is an Air Force capability being developed, you need to be involved in that. And the reason why is because they have people over there that don't really know UTCs. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was at Edwards and they were having that discussion on what the UTC is supposed to be, supposed to look like, 
I had to fight to get a seat at the table to help it, it help at least build a baseline because um, at that juncture, um, the, the 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 company that was uh, that's over the aircraft that was building aircraft um, didn't want to share that information at all. Um, and, and to this day, unless it's changed, to this day, a lot of the components, a lot of things that are part of their UTC, uh, they won't. They at that time they wouldn't allow it to be a part of Logmine. They wouldn't even allow the, the, the NSNs, like yep. that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, we still have they, the same issue with the thirty-five with NSNs and that kind of stuff. It's all program right. owned. And, and then um, when it came to so uh, when it came to material management. Uh, they were supposedly putting uh, individuals in the units to do basically APS. Um, so it, it, it's almost like uh, they didn't want us to, they didn't want us to be a part of the sustainment, capa the sustainment capability or the sustainment planning ca uh, part of their UTC or even the, 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 the planning part, establishing some level of planning with their UTC because uh, when, they, uh, when they did the first uh, cold weather test, uh, where they sent the, the F-35s into cold weather, um, I, I built I built the baseline based off of what they were taking out, and I shared it with uh, at the time it was a uh, Texan Richie that was over there shared it mm -hmm. with him uh, so he could kind of start developing what it was supposed to look like, but even the information that the uh, the program the the program managers at Edwards, man, they basically it was almost like it's a case, and we're calling it execution case they were giving us so many generic names because Lockheed uh Lockheed Martin didn't want to give didn't want to share that type of information with the uh with the military man I think it's definitely gotten better over the years but yeah I mean you still see all sorts of weirdnesses with uh Lockheed Martin and you know even when it comes down just yeah Lockheed Martin in general is just odd because with the joint strike fighter program I mean you got contractors involved and you've got gs civilians and then with us oh that reminds me too is that there's another wing at hill there's the 419 fighter wing which is the reserve uh so you got the whole tfi there and but yeah i mean it's just it's a it's a whole different beast than any other aircraft that i'm aware of um you know i'm sure that f-22 has probably had some similar go-arounds with when it was getting first online so And I'm on mute. Okay, so you talked about uh, you just mentioned right now that that's a TFI base. I wasn't aware of that. So yeah, yeah. So so have you have you? I know you you you've probably been. You said you were on the road, right? As soon as you got there last mm -hmm. year, have you had a chance uh, to go and network with the other planners at the multiple organizations on base? And do you guys ever do like joint training? Yeah, so we uh we're we're very uh, there's pretty decent line of communication between. Uh, the 388th and the 419th, so the, us in the reserves, we talk to them all the time because they're constantly accompanying us on the aviation movements. And um, and then as well as the the host wing, the 75th, I mean, we basically do all the planning for, for these big movements, and then the 75th executes, and what we end up doing is becoming a unit representative in the DCC uh, and helping out with all that. So, and then as far as the communication between the 75th and 419th, I can't. I can't speak to that um, just because I'm not 
in that scenario, but I mean, they sit right next to each other office wise. I mean, they're two doors away from each other, but yeah, it's, it's super different working in a TFI construct. And especially when you throw contractors in the mix of it too. Um, there's just a lot of nuances and, and mm -hmm. specialty cases with moving contractors, especially like during the COVID thing, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, he mentioned something that we don't hear often, right? Um, you're, you're a log planner at a base. You, you're probably capable of executing your own deployment missions, right? And, but you're at a, you're at a, um, you're, you're a guest on the wing. And mm -hmm. when missions go out, um, the host wing manages that, that, that execution, that deployment execution, even though you probably got a whole work center, they can literally do it on, on their own. You probably get, you probably got somebody who can sit as an IDO, uh, because I mm. think you guys got like, <laughs> I'm saying, I said probably, I said probably, <laughs> but cause, cause maintenance officers can actually be IDOs too. Oh yeah. We, they actually, the 75th had a, a maintenance officer who did a, uh, a career broadening thing. He was sitting yeah. basically as the D flight commander and he learned all sorts of stuff. And then he's back at the 388th now. Okay. But yeah, there's, there's all sorts of weird stuff going on here. But, but he, he mentioned something that was unique that a lot of people don't get a chance to experience is when, when you are, when you're a log plan shop at a host wing executing a, a movement, you sit in as a DCC rep representative for that unit movement movement um i experienced it when it was at barksdale because we had the uh i don't i think they're not the uh, 917th anymore there, there's something else with they were the eight the reserve 18 unit um and then we had a reserve b52 unit there and every time they went out uh we had to go we 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 came in uh we said we manned the dcc but um the the reserve wing actually led their own they led they led their exercise we were just there as um, to facilitate any issues or concerns between host wing support and, and, the, and the unit that was going out. So mm -hmm. um, that's why it's very important that those log plan shops uh, establish those relationships, make sure, that the, the, make sure that the relationships are positive because when it's time to go out, uh, even though you may have the means and the resources to do it on your own, you still got to go to that host wing. Yeah, that's a really good point too. Uh, not just with with you know the host unit and tenant unit relationships, but uh, just you know as a logistics planner working with any unit that you're working with, uh, whether it's CE or security forces or um, you know your your AMUs or maintenance group, uh, your AMXS, all that. It's right. It's you know networking is huge in this career field, you know, and, and unfortunately or you know, not everybody is quite the social butterfly. I'm able to kind of turn it on and off. Uh, but networking is so big in this career field because, you know, I'm surprised, Gonzo, you didn't ask me the question, you know, what's it mean to be a planner to you? But, you know, we're kind of that middleman and we end up kind of almost being that overseer or handler with projos or, um, but yeah, that big piece is being that middleman for whatever it may be, you know we may not always be the SME when it comes to, uh, you know, CE type stuff, but we know who to call when, when it comes time for whatever it may be. And, and the more that we've, I apologize. Actually, I don't think I've asked that over the last few episodes. So thank you 
for 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 reminding me of that. But that's uh, the, the 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 reason I started asking that during the podcast is it was it was uh, selfish. It was for my own essay because I didn't know what the def- <laughs> I, I didn't know what the definition was right or what the right answer was. And the more that I don't. heard it. And I still, and I don't, I don't. So, so me understanding what it means to be a planner is the equivalent of asking a log planner or anybody in the logistics career field or logistics world, what is, what is ACS? What's agile combat support, right? And so it's, it's, you're going to get different definitions, but something that I've heard that has grown on me is something that Bracey brought up podcasts ago and multiple people have. When we talk about us being the middleman and us being Mm -hmm. like that facilitator, who again, we might not be the SME on this action, and we're probably not, um, or we're not, we might not have the correct answer, but we know who to go to to get it. And we know how and we know how to make the connections between the operations side of the house and the ACS side of the house, the support mm-hmm. side of the house. Oh, and by the way, like Bracelet, I think you mentioned in the last episode. That's why we need to be on these trips with these big packages, right? That go out, these aviation yeah. units. Like like TSP, uh, how amazing is it for a log planner to know that hey, I don't need to be a, a traffic management, uh, you know, TMO specialist or air trans specialist. I know what flight they're going to be at at base X. I'll coordinate weeks before I get on the ground and let them know I'm coming in. Who are you? Where do you work at? So that I can already start rapidly facilitating my redeploy, right? Oh and yeah, building, yeah. And building those relationships. That, that that's huge. So I like. I like Bracey's definition that that that, that uh, he's been talking about, and then yours as well too. I think that's that's what it means but, to be but, a planner. But what, but you just made a statement that that uh, one one of the things that irked me about our career field is sometimes we make it hard harder to go to base X and do exactly what you said. We'll be we'll, we'll go to base X and be like, hey. We're here. We showed up. I coordinated with you. Um, I sent you all these files, and then when we get there, it's like, oh, you're on your own. They give they give you a little corner of the office, and they be like, we too we bit we too busy to deal with you. But that's kind of your job. You you know, if if I'm if I'm sending a package in to let's just say I send a package in to Guam. No, I'm not talking about Guam. I'm just using an example. I haven't thought of that because people get in their feelings all the time. <laughs> uh, let's just say we, I'm, coming to, I'm coming to Guam at Anderson Air Force Base. I'm coming there with the expectation of, hey, I'm, I'm going to go straight to a law plan shop. I'm like, hey, we're here. Here's our, here's, here's our get out of, you know, here's our assets. Here's this, this. But prior to, prior to me getting there, I'm going to send them a, a .pln file. So they can load it in their log mod. I'm gonna send them. I'm gonna send them a CFI file uh, because nine times out of ten, their ba- their their base TMO is probably going to do the, the look at a, uh, validate any any movement of cargo and people, right? Their base um, their base uh, air trans is probably going to do the same thing. But when we when we go to these bases, it's almost like, oh, you're a log planner. Here go uh, here go some space. Good luck getting access to a computer. You can figure it out, but you got a place to, you know, write notes and shit at. Hmm. That's what gets on my goddamn nerves at this career field. Other than other outside of that, same thing. Employee location X. What we don't do is we don't we don't understand professional handout. 
Mm. And this goes to the to the networking. We don't understand professional handoff. It's like, hey, it's going to basics. That ain't my problem. Uh, per, even with the, like AF whole AF situation. And I'm saying this because it's IDOs and other people that think this way. Just because your person get to the POE, don't mean you ain't got to make sure that person get <laughs> to the final destination. AKA, make sure your stuff is sync validated so they can get STT onto the next location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like, something oh, as simple as that. Because I, oh, I worked oh. AFTRAC. I worked AFTRAC, right? And people would show up to the AOR without sync validation. It's like, why are you even here? So you, you're about to get me on one there, basically, because I've, I've seen well, it all between well, AFTRAC well, and being on that, that further location. We're, we're we're talking we're talking networking, right? We're talking law planners being law planners doing actually what law planners do, right? I'm gonna give you a perfect example of how 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 from my experience how it works so smoothly. Uh, we had a presidential support operation in the PACAF region, right? And two bases were sharing one aircraft. So you know what happened? We didn't know we were sharing the aircraft. The base that was sharing the aircraft with us said, called us and said, hey, we're sharing the aircraft. Can you send us blah, 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 blah? Oh, sure. Because the reason why they needed that information is because based off the equipment that we were sending, the law player shop there, I'm going to give a shout out to Kadena, the crew at Kadena that time, not the current crew. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say Kadena, uh, uh, Kadena uh, pre- 2012, uh, 2015, uh, so we communicated back and forth. We shared CL5 files. We shared CMOS files. Why? Because, mm -hmm. and I'm going to explain you why that's, that, that's very important. When our cargo got picked up from Yakota and went to Kadena, they had to take our cargo off the aircraft and reconfigure the aircraft based mm -hmm. off the load, right? So when I experienced that, as a staff sergeant, I experienced that. I that that stuck with me for my, that stuck me for the rest of my career. So anytime, anytime as a log planner, if I'm if I'm if I'm sending something to another base, the cargo equipment, first thing I'm doing is download stuff, say, hey, look, up here, here is everything that's coming to this base. Just in case y'all gotta transload, do whatever, whatever, here it is. So so your two T twos and TMO can effectively plan that mission. That way when the aircraft gets off the gets on the ground, you guys not trying to open the plane up and say, "Oh, oh crap! All this stuff was on the airplane. We don't we don't know what we gotta do." Now you fucking with ground time. Now you fucking with money, right? Ooh, yep, yep. And then people, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we like we have an issue with it's 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 left the base. It's not my problem mentality. So yeah. here we hit show sit on it. Like networking is big. Networking is really big in this career field. We should be able to go yeah. to any base and just be like, "Hey, I'm law playing such and such." Yep. I got who you know. I got who you right. know. That's that's the first yeah. thing I ask someone. Hey, what other loggies you know? Oh, you know, you know, Snipes. You know, uh, you know, McRae. You know who whoever it may be. Who who have you worked with? And then you can try to you can kind of feel them out because then they, oh, I know this person, that person. Oh, I didn't like that guy or whatever. Anywho. But yeah, I, I did the same thing when I was in Europe last year is I, I made sure, you know, I talked to Aviano's IDRC and Spangolms and Hey, this is what we're bringing. This is what's going on. You know, Greg Garcia was, was the IDO at Spangolm at the time. 
So I got to work with him and their team was fantastic um, because they're, they're so used to, to taking on TSPs and, and getting that communication that can't say enough good about, about that team that was there during the time. So, but yeah, networking is so huge. I mean, there's, because of it, I've done all sorts of cool stuff just from the Air Force, you know. Um, Sergeant Thacker, uh, if you guys know her, Chanel Thacker. I mean, yep. she knows somebody who knew somebody. It was actually uh, Sergeant Looney's fiance at the time. He was a Green Beret, and uh, we were in Afghanistan, and he was out there at the same time, and we got to go hang out with those guys and do some cool stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's beneficial both professionally and off, off the clock as well. But networking is, is huge. You know, there's, there's that saying, it's not always what you know, but who you know. And that goes hand yeah. in hand with, with our career field. Yeah, I, 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 I can remember countless of times where I, I, would, I would call a base and be like, hey, this Sergeant, Sergeant Brace, them, you know, it, it, you know, from such and such representing this, this unit, blah, blah, blah. And we got X, Y, and Z going on. And you get to the base and that base's interaction with you is almost like, you're almost like, it's like a, a WTF. And trust me. Um, it's it's some bases uh east coast of here uh and i remember i will remember them um and certain situations in the, in, the, in the ar and i remember those individuals it's like you guys over here struggling in this and i under, now i understand why you're struggling you're struggling as a unit you're struggling as a work center because you have this mentality you have this it's not my problem mentality when one of the things one of the key things we do as the as two g's is we move things and we transport things but we also manage that data if i create a, a package or if i create a situation that's moving i should be given that next stopping point uh, that information so they can be better prepared to plan when i when I, we used to send um chalk files to the port uh to baltimore and we used to send chalk files to Norfolk. That stopped. Oh, I, oh, I wish we, I, oh. I wish, I, I wish we would make that. I wish that wish we would make that a requirement. The reason why is because when you do that, that's the outer side of the mind. When you do that, it forces you to get back into that mentality. Like, why are we sharing this with, with them? One, <laughs> you, you, you know, if you, you know, if you would know if they were uh sick bound anyway, because you're running, you're running that report, right? You know, you can't, you can't chalk them unless you know, if you're doing your job, you can't talk anybody unless they stuff is correct and and, and decays right. And but that's a personnel's <laughs> job, by the way. Um, I, had to, I had to throw that out there, but like we used to do that, and what that did was we would, we would send that file to uh, to the ports, and they would they would import that into whatever system was it, whether it's Gates or CMOS, and they manifest it'd be pre-manifest. Hey, this is this is the package coming from Base X. Boop, it's in there. We don't do that anymore. We don't even require that anymore. Well, we used to do that for onesies, twosies to Norfolk. We'd send the X-Men file, right? I hate uh, the X-Men file. That ain't, yeah, that ain't, that's, not a law, that's not a law planner's document either. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I hear you, man. But I remember sending that uh, when I was when I first uh, cross-trained. I was doing deployments. I was like, damn, man. And I always wonder. I was like, I wonder if somebody's actually reading this stuff on the other end, right? Getting You had a, a, oh, yeah. a, a mission with like 373 people. And let's just say, you know, that's coming from 200 bases. Are you checking 200 individual X-Men files coming through there? So, yeah, that's – that's you okay. know, So, 
Go ahead. Accurate information on X-Men files are important. I'll tell you why. Last night I worked a mid-shift, right? I had a unit coming back from deployment, and it came back from, from the AOR, and it was the port who had done it, I would think. Um, but they, were, they went through the whole line, and they were like, hey, we're missing 13 packs because there, there was another mission after that. They were going to Portland or somewhere like that. And like, hey, there's 13 people. Well, it basically somebody had copy and pasted. Long story short, somebody copy and pasted uh, the final destination, and and those 13 people were like, no, we're going to the next destination. So, I mean, so uh, so co- those okay. things are important. So here, so uh, well, how many times does that happen? When when you get on a flight to go from yeah, I don't know so whatever the airport is in Salt Lake City Salt Lake City International, and you're going home yeah. to Arizona, let's just say to Sky Harbor or whatever, right? Yep. yep. How many damn times do do they get the flight manifest and they're like, oh shit, we got we're missing thirteen people or we got thirteen extra? Like no, all the time they don't care. No. They don't care. Do they, they do care. care. What do you mean they in do the care? They, they 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 will hold that flight up looking for you. As long as they got – well, yeah, for only so many times. I mean, they. I'm sure they've got standard procedures I'm for that. I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, T- I'm they, pretty sure TSA, as, they're not cool with just having uh, tipped up manifests in 2020. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that's very important. So it's like – so basically what happens is – I mean, yeah, we, we've flown. We're in the airports. We've flown plenty, plenty of time. What, what happens is this. Hey, Kenneth Bracely, uh, uh, for, for flight X, my X, Y, and Z, your plane is 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 at its final boarding call. Get to the doggone gate because we show that you're checked in, right? They do that so many times. Then, of course, ten minutes prior to takeoff, the door has to close. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but they but they also do that because it's account it's accountability. Yeah. They I already mean, and, 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 but think about it. They already got a manifest prior to. They already got a man a plan manifest prior to check in because we booked flights. And so that was that was a, one of the things that went to uh, that we've talked about. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not, briefly, but when it comes to how we execute right now as a, as a deployment machine, right? Um, it is not on the the log planners' responsibility to do any packs manifesting, right? We have our, our, our folks that do that in combination, depending on who it is, with a team of D2s. But that whole thing, man, of like, you know, and I know it's every every base does it a little differently, but I've been at bases before where we have our own de- dedicated airlift. We get our own strat area. You know, let's just say we got 225 going out. And it's like two days before you drop off your bags so that the day before any stragglers could drop off their bags. Then we got people showing up six hours prior to the departure and then hang and then taking 30 minutes to process. And then five and a half hours, they're sitting waiting for the damn flight. And it's like, bro, every day all over the world, people move, people move and they have stuff with them that they move to. If somebody right. told, like somebody told me like, Hey, Gonzo, you got to go from, you know, Washington Reagan over there to Dallas, Fort Worth. And uh, your flight leaves at 12. I didn't need to be there at 6 a.m. I'd be like, what? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, so I, I just wonder, um, and I know now I'm talking about stuff that, that our peripheral doesn't own because we don't own those, those systems, right? Or those necessarily. Those we, but we own the process. We, you're, well, you're right. We own, yeah, we do own the process. So, so I mean, it, it's, uh, I don't know if it's through technology or just looking at our processes different, man. I mean, 
I get it, accountability, and I get it that we're in the DCC and we got to maintain that C2 over stuff. But, you know, from that maintenance background, from coming in and seeing, like, I'm sitting here in this holding area, if I'm lucky enough to be at a base that's got a decent holding area, fixing to deploy for the next X number of months of my freaking life, and I'm having to waste four hours sitting on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Just waiting to go get on the plane that everybody knows when the hell it's going to have to go. So it's just stuff like that. If we could, and I certainly, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure I'm not, not going to be the first and the last person to bring it up. And I don't know how to fix it, but. Uh, no, that, 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 yeah. that's the hurry up and wait crap that they be doing. Like, man, have what? Nothing's, wor- nothing's worse than being deployed and you're sitting at the POE for six hours. And he's like, and then, you, but the step part is Delta, Southwest Airlines, your mama and them, even Spirit Airlines, you can show up two hours prior, same amount of people sometimes, and you ain't waiting six hours for them to do nothing. I mean, at this point, you, you preaching to the choir because, I mean, I don't know. That's I think that's where you throw in the military factor, though, and and that's where you know leadership wants to sometimes treat us as children, or you know we got we got not want to hold us sure, accountable. And we 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 got to make sure the dude that got drunk last night showed up. Because <laughs> because you know, every, every you know I'm I'm a crack a cultural joke, so don't nobody get their, in their feelings. You know, uh, the military is the ultimate CP time. I, I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah. So I wish I had the meme right now of Chris Evans over there in Captain America: The Avengers, who turns and says, "I got that reference." So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you, Chris Evans, nice guy, nice guy in real life. He came out to Bagra when I was out there. He's not as big as you think he is in, in Captain America. But anywho, well, uh, we we know that he only trained. He only trained for the movie. Yeah. So okay, I mean, so he, he probably the same size as Gonzo in real life. That that, that big? It's weird. Ah. What do his legs Yoked. look like? Do his legs look like tree trunks like mine? Nah, nah, <laughs> not even close. Like this, Gonzo like does this. Not have tree trunk legs. I, I do. So I, you know, I remember I when I was in, when I was in Stuttgart, I was walking down uh, uh, to the Bonhof, and these two little German kids came up to me with goggles and, and, and poles. And they pointed at my. They pointed at me. And I'm like, what, what? What? What do you want? They pointed at me again. I'm like, what do you want? And then finally, like somebody came over and translated. They're like, they saw the striations on your on your your thighs. They want to know if they could ski down them. I'm like, no. Oh, I'm like, no, you can't. I'm like, no, you. Right oh, get out of here with that. Listen, I'm, I'm going right to tell now. you right now. I don't. You do jujitsu, don't you, Gonzo? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you. Try. Even though you do jujitsu, I still got bigger legs than you because. You can ask anybody that's ever worked for me. Hey, Gonzo shaved, shaved his legs that way they, so, so he can make them look big. <laughs> I ain't got to do that. I learned that secret in high school, man. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And, and so, but it doesn't mean anything just to have big legs if you don't wear little shorts because that's what you got. That's when you. Oh, here you go, these short shorts. No, I'm, I'm all right there with him on that one. I'm all about it. It's it's got to be above the knee. 
Yeah, yeah, and it, it definitely has to be above the knee, man. And like, the longest length short that I'll go is probably maybe seven inch in length. Typically, it's like five to five to six for the length yeah, of I short, think, man. You got to be I think comfortable. Six, six inch inseam is is solid. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Hey, y'all go. So, I, so, 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 speaking of you know, speaking of clothes and everything, you know. Um, Henry, you married, right? You got family? No, no. No? Nope. Yes. I'm the single dude in the shop. That's why I went TDY so much last year. I said, send me. Let me Golly. go. So, 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 yeah, so you I'm, don't even, so you, so you, so you wouldn't even know how to balance family life versus military life just yet. Uh, yeah, I'd say compared to married people, yeah. But I think it's important for people to try and learn it early <laughs> on. You know, when you married and got kids, it's, I definitely would agree it's probably a lot more different. But at the same time, you still have to learn how to detach from work. Uh, I worked with a dude yeah. in Korea, just for example. Uh, super, super smart loggy or logistics planner. Sorry, Chief. Uh, oh, we can't super say loggy. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting uh, we can't say loggy. I keep forgetting <laughs> we can't say loggy anymore. So, so if you've ever worked with him, Antoine Vaughn, absolutely just the kid – I say kid, but the, the dude just crushes it, right? But he – we would have to yell at him. Like, he'd, he'd get threatened. Hey, Vaughn, go home. Like, you, you got to cut it off. So, I think it's just important for people to learn how to, to use the switch to turn it on and off with work. So, that's, that's why one of those uh, – uh, that was one of my subject topics, you know, to talk so, about. So, so – I, I want, I mean, I want to talk about that. I mean, the reason why I want to talk about this is because I, I just had a conversation um, with a chief a couple of days ago, and and, um, and and she was she was um, telling me like there's there be there will be certain periods in your career where your family will be sick, and but the thing is you have to be able to recognize that and. A plan accordingly so that your so that it's not like it's not perceived as being you know intentional and Ooh. when she said when she said that I was like yeah I didn't think about that because um we we have gotten so caught up into this 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 uh this theory of promotion that we have to be I all the time and we forget that the the whole Airman's concept is to be able to balance work, personal development, uh, subordinate development, and being able to be mid, have that mental uh, mental wellness. And that mental wellness start. That mental wellness is where you, like you said, the uh, understand and learn to detach from detach from the email, detach from Mm-hmm. Um, the mission. Well, the mission, not really the mission, because people are on a mission. My subordinates are on a mission, but detached from those suspicions that you're trying to meet, you know, uh, developed, you know, some better time management. Uh, because uh, if you don't, you're gonna have a stroke. You're gonna have a heart attack. Uh, one of one of uh, one of the guys that I admire in the Air Force, he's a lieutenant colonel. Um, homie had a heart attack at a football game. And it it was like homie, like he was he was 
like he, you know, when he and when he had that heart attack, um, he survived. He was off work for about a month. When he came back, we talked, and he was like, "Look, man, after this heart attack, I, I literally realized that um, I'm not going to. I, I realized what's important. I have a job. I know it's important, but I'm gonna give that job the energy that that job needs, not wants." But need, and then I'm going to ensure that I focus on making sure that I'm healthy enough to continue to be as uh, be as uh, be a service versus being somebody that we're going to replace in two days anyway. Because while he was going, the mission kept going. Those contracts kept going, but you definitely got to figure that out now. Because if you don't, you definitely going to have some disgruntled subordinates. You're going to have people that don't want to work with you, don't want to work for you. And, um, and 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 you're gonna be a lonely soul, you know. Some people I don't understand how they even married the way they act in the office. I really don't understand. Man, so 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 Bracey, I I experienced that working on the flight line, man. I mean, you always not to stereotype, but you knew you knew who the guy was, and it was a guy because the preponderance were, were, were men. You knew who the guy was that hated his wife and kids or either one of them, right? That's so true. That is so true in the maintenance world, let me tell you. Yeah, because they were the ones that always wanted to be at work, right? And when you would be like, all right, so, uh, you know, we're fixing to wrap it up, they'd be like, well, wait a minute, we we could knock this, this, and this up. And it was like, damn, man. And so the first couple years of maintenance, it didn't really catch on until somebody pulled me inside. Because I was like, damn, you know, the tech and -and so-and-so loves working. They're like, no, he don't. He hates his wife. And I was like, oh, okay. But Man, I mean, that, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, there's just a, another example. There's a kid who sits in the parking lot at work because we, we always try and fight for the, that good spot, a good parking spot. And this kid sits in his, his car for like an hour smoking cigarettes or vaping like before he goes home. Like, go home. We want the good spot. But it's true. People people just they hate going home sometimes. Man, I don't, hey, look. I'm telling you like this. I, I bought a house, okay? I bought a nice size house. I don't give a damn if I don't like my wife. It's a corner in my house I can go and be at peace. I'm just saying. Like, huh? you you gotta be at you gotta find your your peace. And that and it better not and it better not be at the bottle the bottom of a bottle, and it mm-hmm. better not be at the end of a cigarette. Like, yep. you, you you gotta you gotta find your peace. I've, yeah, I mean, so bringing it back to, to finding that, too, is that I'm one of those weirdos who's got too many hobbies to, to keep up with, basically. I mean, and that's – so, yeah, that's that's where I find my balance is since I'm a single dude is I've got 30 different hobbies that, you know, 96 of them, 96% of them involve being outdoors or uh, adrenaline rushes that – I mean, that's that's where I find my balance or that dichotomy, if you will of, of, uh, you know, home and work. So yeah, that's, it's important. So like the, you know, obviously I would hope that the, the senior NCOs or, you know, the people who've been around in the air force a little bit longer, uh, have figured that out by now, but for like the younger kids who, you know, are still going through CDCs or, you know, the airmen is that they, they find that balance or dichotomy between work and in home life and, and finding an outlet to decompress. So the I think it's just something it. that's the airman got it. Hands Do down. they though? Healthy yeah. though. You know Doing it healthily though. 
because because <laughs> everywhere I've been so far, <laughs> them jokers booking out of their office at four thirty. It's four thirty. Boom. They get, they got they got they got their civilian mindset. Man, I've so well maybe that's just because I've I've came in in twenty eleven right and it was right in that weird transition of of generations if you will. So I mean I I can see. I try to see both sides of it, basically, right? You know, hey, go home or you know, stay, keep staying at work and, and knocking stuff out when you need to. It's just finding that. It's probably the pipeline, pipeline hey, airmen hey, hey, that want to leave at four thirty. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Look, hey, what? Oh, hey, shit. At, 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 this, was, at, at, at this juncture, I'm gonna tell you now. At this juncture, the only time, the only time I'm gonna be standing, stand late at work is. Um, if I'm taking care of my airman, that's it. Outside of that, the mission can get done. Well, the operation, not the mission, because people are the mission. The operation can get done every day, unless unless my boss come in with, "Hey, this is a very very important um, action." If it's something that I can get done or something that I can accomplish with minimum impact on the team. Um, that's what I'm shooting for. And the reason why is because you don't want to, you, you, you don't want to train that culture of people that feel like if they leave, it doesn't get done. And um, you want to, you want to start training people to be replaceable versus irreplaceable. That's that's true, basically, and and, uh, and, I'll, and I'll be honest, man. Something that I'm worried about. And, and, well, here, just to make two, to, just to hit both of you, you guys said, uh, Henry, you were, you said that, oh, hey, hey, you would hope, hey, you would, and, and if y'all ain't got one of these, y'all need to get one. What is that? An enema? It's a, what is that? It's a picture, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a picture with one of them little things where hey. you can put. It. Put fruit in it, right? You want a and health I, kick out in Tampa. That's what's going on. I see it. Hey, you yo, want a health kick. This, hey, this right here is like life. I don't. I, hey, I fill this thing with water, and let and let the lemons do the work. Okay, go ahead, guys. On my back. Um, no, no, no. So, uh, so Henry, to to kind of hit on what you said, you said, hey, you would hope that by the time you're a senior senior CEO, you figured out that that perfect balance, right? Um, and then embracing, you know, you, what you just said right now too about, you know, you don't want people to think that they got to stay there to do work when they don't need to, right? And 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 I'll be honest, man, that's probably one of the things that I'm most worried about as I head in into the last year and a half of my time on the air staff, man. You know, I saw on later this year, just like you do, Bracely, and I'm going to go be a superintendent somewhere, and and I don't know how I'm going to do that. And here's why. So there's going to be a, the human part of me that wants to do anything and everything they can do to help please take care and make sure that everybody that, that's on the team along with me is living like their best life, right? And so um, I'm going to have to somehow balance that with what the, with what the operations, like you said, Bryce, dictate with just my my normal life man and so i'm worried about it because i don't know how to do that i i, I straight up don't know how to do it um 
it, it took me about a, a, a year at Offit to learn how to do that. Uh, so yeah, so I'm definitely, I definitely worried about it. It's yeah. I would say it's easier said than done, but this is what I'm gonna tell you, man. Um, guys, like, your job is people at this point. It's people. Your job is people. If you have your hands so deep into pressing buttons, then you're not doing a good job. It's Henry's job to create the next Henry. It's Henry's supervisor, whether it's a tech sergeant or not, to validate if Henry's doing what Henry's doing to create the next Henry, right? Ooh, well said. We got to, as senior NCOs, depending on the, the location, depending on location, depending on location, as senior NCOs, we got to get out the damn way. We got to get out the way and be and, and learn how to be advisors versus doers. Mm -hmm. be, be that and top if, cover. Yeah. So we can do what we do. And, yeah. And, and, and eventually, and I'm saying this because I know it's still out there. Eventually, we're going to stop competing. We, we, if we get to that level, we will stop competing with our subordinates. So, guys, when you get to when you get to your next duty station, people, what do your people need? Set a set a strategy with your team, and and your job is to do monthly and quarterly checkups with your team. That's what you got your your branches for, right? Nobody uses that chain of command anymore. If you establish that chain of command. And you establish that you know that uh, that that work relationship expectation, then that fear that you have as far as being able to balance the mission versus personal life, it'll go away because you you got you go to staff meetings. You're, you're gonna be in staff meetings all day long, right? When you come back, you're gonna have personnel and squadron or wing level objectives that you got to complete but you got to get your team to be part of that one of the things i'm learning at this current assignment right now is time management and my allergies <laughs> excuse me and we don't if we don't get that if we don't really embrace time management then we're going to be all over the place and people are going to see us like oh that's what a leader's supposed to be like killing himself or herself they're drinking monsters and Red Bull just to stay focused instead of instead of being being fit physically and mentally and spiritually to where they can smoothly operate and walk through and, and deflect bullshit that comes. Hmm. Oh, that's, good. That's, that's good advice. Good advice. Thank you, guys. I think, uh, no, that, that definitely helps because my plan was just to develop a raging heroin addiction but this is sounds a lot easier <laughs> to, to do that that sounds a lot yeah. easier than that i mean i can still probably balance both but no, no that's true bracing and, and that's something that i need to understand that I, I i definitely need to get that beaten into me that my job when i pcs is going to be people and that's it and making their lives easier not actually going out there and 
yeah, in doing the day-to-day stuff. So. Speaking of PCSing, I know y'all got your assignments because my nope. boss got hers. So yep, that's because your boss moving before us. Oh man. Yeah, I'm you excited to see where y'all go. Do you know where she's Gonzo going? Gonzo ain't going nowhere no time soon. Yeah, I know no. where she's going. Yeah, I do, do too. Where... I got okay. I got pissed off when I found out. <laughs> is it is it one of the ones you wanted? It is. I know yeah. Gracely wanted it. Gonzo, we uh, talked about this. So so it, it it was one of those things where me and her talked. She's like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And I said, well, hey, these are the options. Let me know what you're going to do. That way I can, I can go do what I'm, I'm going to do, right? And then she hit me. It's like, uh, plans changed. I'm going here. I'm like, oh, good girl. Great googly movie. But congratulations to her. She's getting ready to go into a great spot. And uh, I know she's going to do some great things, though. She got a really good attitude. So, um, yeah, she, she's been awesome to work for. So, I'm excited. She really has. Yeah, but now nah, uh, Gonzo ain't going to work for like two years. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's, that's kind of like in limbo right now. Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited though. I know I, I I'm excited. I'm excited about about where I might go next, or wherever. I mean, it, it it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. Yeah, I just I, just I just I just really hope that you know we make sense uh, out of <clears throat> these decisions when it comes to assignments. <clears throat> you know, it's you know it's gonna be whatever, whatever. Whatever we, whatever is the best need at the moment in time for me, for yeah. me, for, for most of us at that level, it's, it's really whatever the best need is. You know, y'all ain't going to Columbus Air Force Base, so you'll be all right. We gotta get, gotta um, get cheap, cheap that, built up that senior spot uh, at Columbus. Hey, hey, look, my look, my not Air Force Base is one of my options. So you're talking about being all right? Ooh, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not all right. Yeah. <laughs> Go touch one of those. What, go touch one of the missiles. You know, two, two, two persons. I, I, oh, speaking of that, okay. If, if we're saying that, uh, if, if Chief listens, if anybody listens, I've already been to a B fifty two base. Don't send me to another B fifty two base. I already know what it's about. Oh, so you're saying you have experience in B fifty two? So you you don't know B fifty two base? Like who, I don't want better B fifty two base. I'm good. Oh, okay. So we've been going for uh, yeah uh, about an hour and twenty minutes. So uh, I want to ask you guys a good question, get your opinion on something. So uh, uh, Gaskell, not starting Gaskell, and I sat in on a TTX uh, uh, earlier today uh, with regards. It was uh, revolved around Space Force, right? And they had a bunch of scenarios that were talking about, like, hey, uh, this scenario would have happened. Who's got all the responsibilities down from my command all the way down to like you know the tactical echelon and whatnot. And so uh, uh, one of the things that Gaskell had been looking at the last few days was the chapter uh, 10401, chapter 6, which talks about the, you know, the different force modules and whatnot. And so being the, you know, I'm the LogMod guy, so I was thinking, man, if, if, if LogMod is supposed to be our, our planning tool, you know, it helps support the, you know, the deliberate crisis action planning uh, uh, process, but it's, a, it's our unclassed planning tool. Should our, what if LogMod looked a lot like when you play Madden. And I don't know if you guys play Madden or not or play or play video games or not. So you know what, what I mean by that is 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 what if Logmod mirrored or, or had uh, the capability to mirror what our uh, what our force modules look like. Just just not tied to any any kind of O plan. That's execution. I'm talking planning. 
the same way I could go in and say, hey, if I'm playing Madden and I'm the Cowboys, I want to go to my shotgun package. I want to go to my eye formation. I want to go to my special teams and to have all your stuff already packaged up right there rather than have it like, you you uh, you know, XFHB, whatever, all the way through there that, yeah, log planners, we understand it, but to the layman, it, it means nothing to them. I guess, in other words, what if LogMod was more visually sexy and functionally? So I think you – okay. I, I think I know where you're going. So basically, we'll break it down then from this, from my understanding, is I, it sounds like it would be more beneficial for the increment monitors. The reason I say that is because they're not SMEs in LogMod, right? So all you see is, you know – your UTC, your item, your suffix item, uh, and all that. So you see, you know, an A1, triple zero one, and then you have to break it down continuously. So you're saying if it looked more like a video game, that it was like, you know, a picture of an ISU, and then you're saying you'd actually see that ISU in, on the computer, and then you're saying, you know, that box within the ISU, and then that secondary suffix item or that that second box of, of pencils or something is that it, what you're saying kind of so so here let me knock over this by no what let he, me frame what it he, to what, he, what, he, what he's saying is basically uh, you have it's, it's almost like it's almost like the 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 the, the, the echelon theory, uh, theory but more so capability based so it's like um which i i think i if, I, if I'm right, I think I would disagree with that only because there's more clutter than anything. But it's basically you taking an open the base force module or sustainment force module and you're putting all those capabilities into one little section. And then um, what happened is, though, is you will have those function, area, function areas having to con continuously manage that unless you have the UTC management module uh, where they manage their capability separate. And then if they manage the capability separate and, it, and, and once it, it updates, it automatically goes, you know, it automatically um, updates into those force modules so that when it's executed, it's executed from the standpoint of we want to pull these capabilities. The problem I have is, is if the Air Force gets away from the onesie twosie crap, then that'd be really great if they did. You mute it. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, I keep knocking this mic over. So, yes. Yes to both what you're saying. So, so I'll frame it this way, right? So, I, this is the way my brain works, right? So, I think of a UTC as nothing more than a play in an NFL playbook. The UTA, no. the UTA is the play itself, right? And here's how I tie it in. If I'm a commander and I come in and I have my playbook, my UTA – these are all of the plays, all of the tools, all of the capabilities I have at, at my disposal. So what if I had um, a module as a commander? Because ultimately it's up to them to manage, right? And I came in here and I could just see, I could click right away, one button. All of my plays that are assigned to my unit that I own all the equities. And then this right a, next to This is a great right, analogy. Uh, and then right next to it, I could see plays where i have equities but i don't own the place so for stuff like you know what i'm saying so for like other utcs that they call for my for my place right and just to be able to see something like that and then bracy what you talked about the force modules yes uh utc maintenance its own separate thing 
So the, if, I, if the only thing I cared about that day was UTC maintenance, I know where to go. Separate mm. from that, I would have my, I, I would come in there and I could be in a planning meeting and somebody says, okay, we're taking our, 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 uh, our 35As and we're going to this location right there. And I can look at that and depending on what type of base or location that had been classified as, right? I could say, oh, we're gonna open the base. I automatically click on open the, open the base force module. Boop, all my UTCs are there to include all the combat, combat support and, and combat service support. So this something like that. I mean, it, it doesn't. It, it, that I was just trying to picture that in my head. And, and the, I mean, the, it's, it's it's a it's it's a great theory. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna knock it. I'm not gonna knock it. It's a great theory. Uh, yeah. But like, we gotta get. Well, we just have. We have to get away from that. Uh, if, if we ever will, which I doubt we ever will, we have to get away from that. Um, that onesie twosie. Well, so I and, and I agree, but keep in mind that if I understand correctly. When we talk about onesie twosie, that's the AEF. That's how we execute. That that that's uh, uh, at least for me in the position I'm right now. I could care less how we execute. Whatever. I'm simply talking <clears throat> how we pre- how we present the force. Could we present the force a little easier and, and better and clearer for our customers and then for our log planners too? Right? I, I, I would I would say kind of like what we was talking about a couple of days ago. I would not. I wouldn't necessarily say a force module. I would say more like a capability. Um, uh, yeah, force module capability. But it'd be like instead of saying open the base, we would say logistics. You know, deployment distribution capability. Um, or, 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 or to have that man. Uh, that's that's a, could... to me. To me, that's a for That's more of a force presentation than putting together a whole bunch because we already do that now. We we, we already well, do that now. Yeah. We, we, we did, right? But about a year we oh, still yeah, about a year and a half ago, the way we present those forces changed and how we present them changed. And, uh, and it really and didn't I, change. Well, I'll send you we what changed I have. It. We uh, changed we we changed the UTCs, but we didn't we still didn't we didn't we didn't honor that. Like we didn't change force presentation. We didn't it, change capability presentation. We didn't. Honestly, we didn't. Some stuff changed, and, and, and I'm going to go into the office on Wednesday, and, and I can send you on, on separate what I have. But, uh, Don't get sick. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there's nobody there. I walk through the building. Nobody's there. Um, you know who's there? The Marines. They're the only ones that are there in uniform. Um, but anyways, no, it's just it's, it's, it's some of the stuff, this, uh, thinking like that. I know you and I, Brace, we talked a little bit before uh, or doing our turnover about how we can better present stuff, and it's uh, – I don't know. It's just that uh, – yeah, it was just something I was I was thinking about today when, like I said, when Gasp and I were sitting on that. No, it, 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 I mean, it, 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 I'm not I'm not saying that theory is is not a bad theory. It's just, um, yeah, put it put it put it put it together and see what it looks like, um, and in in the in the mindset that we're forced to be in, um, and once we, I mean, because I can I can no, nah, I'm not gonna go there because I don't want to get shot. Um, let's just say. There are people in the system that we're in now that hate the system that we're in, but we're so far go- we're so far going. It's going to be almost difficult to reset. I got you. I got you, man. I mean, the good thing is I have about a year and a half left of doing that, and then I go, and then and then hopefully I can get it as far to the right as show, I can. Show's gonna show's gonna replace you. There you go. Oh. I mean, hey, man. If, if, nah, so, so, I'm trying to go to Tampa, Stan. I'm gonna replace you. Brace, oh, no. I, 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 not, not, not the you next gotta get two on, years. You got to get on the. 
you, you hey, you got to get to what Gonzo said first before you can even get in that conversation because what? Uh, well, actually, to be honest with you, uh, by the time you get available for this this position, it's gonna be gone because somebody I'm not gonna say no names, but but they got Gonzo. a hat on and stuff backwards is trying to get rid of it. No more. Nah. Yep. He's trying Tampa, to get rid of it. What? He's trying to Tampa, get rid of it. Tampa, South America, Honduras. No, I no, I'm messing. I'm messing. I'm messing. I'm messing. No, and I won't go down that rant anymore. So, all right, guys. <laughs> That's, yeah. Those are good career broadening uh, assignments. No. Yeah. So, 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 okay. So, real talk. I will say this. I will say this. Um, I'm only here temporarily, but the person that's here. Uh, the person that's here is permanently tech sergeant. Uh, it's a tech sergeant billet. Um, I will honestly say, uh, bless their heart. Anybody that sits in this position, bless their heart. But the coolest thing about it is you get exposure to a conversation that that we only that uh, that we only hear of. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm telling you right now, I, I wouldn't as a CNCO. I wouldn't want to do this job. As a CNCO, maybe a staff or a tech sergeant, because of the energy and 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 the um, the knowledge seeking approach that uh, techs and staffs have. I had it. I had it. Um, Put me in, coach. At this, at, at, yeah, at this juncture, man, shit. I, I mean, there's work. a. I I I I go to work every day and be like, man, who the hell wants to do this shit every single day? I, I think like, there's there's a lot of staffs and techs and that are probably fiending for for those kind of stuff because oh, yeah. I mean but you, you, know you got to think I, I will be I, will, I, I you say what you just said but ask me how many people apply for this position and how many times they advertise <laughs> this position two hey. and one the thing is though is that it's all what master and above no because you tech sergeant position. And staffs are clicking the button because I was one of them. I clicked the button, but because you can't substitute down. And this goes back to one of my rants from a few months ago. I mean, like Vietnam or uh, Poland or whatever is – I'm about to get back on the rant. Is you got, you got staffs with more experience than masters when it comes to career field, right? And they're not eligible. And, again, maybe it's because of time and service and – and fuller understanding of joint knowledge and all that kind of good stuff, but 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 you gotta uh, understand it's not it's not just about and I was I'm I'll be totally honest because I was I was in your same shoes when I was a staff sergeant I, I like again I was pissed like highly pissed um, and it took see my sergeant Candace Hilder uh, to kind of shift my mind because we had a, we had we've had plenty of conversations but it's not just about doing the job at that point. Some of these, some of these positions is literally about um, having the maturity, and you know we might have some staff staff sergeants that they're mature, but it's it's about the maturity that they're expecting of you when you come in that position. Uh, it's not, you know, the 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 I will be I will be totally honest. It's not it's not about it's 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 about forty percent job knowledge and sixty percent maturity and uh air force experience right so so why not go to the the socom version then and interview people for them well they should be doing it so 
That's so none of the right people that's, in the that's job. Part of the reason is, that's why part of the reason is why you got to provide your EPRs to some for some of those jobs. So another thing to to consider, Henry, is that our uh, our MFM, who works alongside Bracely back in San Antonio, they don't control the joint billets. They, they don't they control. They don't. No control. They don't. They don't even control who gets hired. That's how. Nope. Uh, um, so so yeah. So the assignment the, and the person who works the joint assignments. I could be wrong with this, but they're not even our our standard uh, uh, a person who we have working our regular yeah. assignments. They're from another yeah. office, right? So, uh, uh, so yeah, that's why a lot of it happens to do with you know when those uh, those uh, equal plus ads come out and you see that this is the minimum grade, this is what they need. Well, that's what they're going to get, right? I know our career fields uh, uh, looking at changing that, but but I don't know how where that is um, honestly. So. Uh, but but to echo as somebody who's filled a, filled a, a joint assignment overseas on a cocom staff Bracey's spot on man it's about it comes down to a lot of it is personality your own self motivation and and yeah and and how uh, and how you're able to to carry yourself and work on a joint a uh, heavy officer joint environment right uh, I will tell you that rank matters when it comes to the joint world in the two the two instances that I've worked. Uh, I remember being uh, in the E6 on the on the COCOM staff in uh, in UCOM doing TSP movements when they started over there. And you would have an, uh, an Army or Marine uh, Lieutenant Colonel or Colonel come and uh, and say hi and just have a normal conversation like we are with me and the other uh, Tech Sergeant 2TT on the staff. And then turn around and have a very rank-oriented conversation with the Army E6 right next to us, right? Because that's cold. Your son that's is funny. Yeah, he's not. He's not. And I don't think of him my son. I think of him. Uh, he's a uh, you know eight hundred something dollars a month. Yeah, boy. Stepping up. No, I'm messing. Yeah, so, su- anyway. super valid. Yeah. So, uh, so, and, so and, yeah. And, and that and, and that's that's like the that's the plus and negative about being in the Air Force, right? Um, I, I miss, I miss it, and I lived it. I miss not being able to go directly to my master sergeant or senior master sergeant. I miss that. The reason why I miss that is because it literally devalues your rank and tech sergeants. Because, like Gonzo was saying, in other services, they have rank specific conversations. In the Air Force, uh, I said I mean, even now I heard I heard it when I was deployed my on my last deployment, and I hear I hear that out here it's like uh, in the Air Force enlisted people don't enlisted people. I see, mass sergeants is where where life where people where you start meaning meaning something in the in for enlisted mass sergeants down mass sergeants don't get no respect, tech sergeants don't get no respect, staff sergeants don't get no respect, senior airmen don't get respect, like. Those stripes were earned. I mean, see, every time, time and grade, cool. But staff and tech, you earned them. Whether you, whether you, all you did was study for tests and you didn't do nothing else but study for tests, you still earned the stripe, and you earned the you earned the right to be called that and be treated as such. But you have to act that way too. You can't walk in and just because you got the stripe, you live, you, you demand that respect. However, cross training. In, 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 in certain services, 
when you walk in that room as an E5, E6, or E7, there's no question of doubt that that individual, they know that individual is living up to at least 50% of the expectations of whatever their enlisted, enlisted structure says they must, they will, must, and shall do. Mm. Us, we still hammering now, hey, go get the Brian Handbook. And like, everybody like, fuck the Brian Handbook. Dude, if we honored the Brown Handbook, I guarantee you, we'll probably get back to when A1Cs was able to go talk to a 06 without having seven people uh, stand over them while they talking to 06. We we can get back to that. I mean, I did it as an A1C. I did it as a senior airman. I did it as a staff sergeant. I, I as a tech sergeant, all of a sudden it became taboo to do that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, I mean, in the Navy, they got a whole fucking child hall specifically for chiefs. So, do you think that 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 culture is going to change then because they've gotten to basically masters are now boards now? That no, it'll coach, change for masters? Change. No, no, the culture's not going to change. The culture's not. The culture's not going to change because. Everybody is empowered to to be powerful, if that makes sense. Everybody has rights. Everybody. I, I've literally saw really good tech sergeants' careers destroyed because they were doing their job. And a certain airman or certain subordinate didn't like it. And it wasn't that the, 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 the tech sergeant was being, was a, was a work center bully. It was toxic. It was the tech sergeant was holding the airman accountable, but the airman couldn't mentally manage that, even though it wasn't like, in my opinion, it wasn't bad, but that tech sergeant's career was destroyed. So that, that, that basically stems back to then, and I'll, I'll kind of transition almost, uh, back to basic training and, and, you know, say what you want about new airmen, whatever, but teaching accountability on their own part, then kind of that extreme ownership of, of their actions. But they do that in basic training. It, the, the, the mentality shifts when they get to their first duty station. That's, and that's the tough part, Bracely is you're right the mentality does shift and, and and i'm sure there's plenty of studies that that may lend to or address why that happens uh, and so again that's why we you talk about you, you know uh about when i leave and go to the next job as superintendent that my focus needs to be people yeah you're right I, I need to be able to see that i need to be able to we need to be able to see that from from the staff level or, or, or somebody, you know, a senior airman that's went to freaking ALS and now you got troops. You need to be able to see that that person, for whatever reason, especially if it's not work-related, especially if it's because airman so-and-so just PCSed in and this is his first or her first time away from home and they're 18 years old, they just turned 18, and now you're hearing stories that they're hanging around the wrong people in the shop. Because we all, not in just the shop, in the squadron, right? You need to be able to see that. So... Uh, and that's tough, man. And that's tough. And I know that kind of goes to the goes back to the whole like um, how 
how involved in your airman's life or your 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 team yeah. your teammates life should you be right yeah. and so and, and so yeah it's just different. that stuff and just like Bracey said you know maybe henry maybe you do that and all of a sudden you know you see somebody go down the wrong path you're trying to lead them you're trying to help them you're trying to help them and then they screw up and then you want to hold them accountable and like Bracey said they turn around and try to ruin your career i mean hey you can only lead a horse to water but you can't force it to drink you know yeah, I, and, and, and I I know we've been on for for a little bit, you know, and, and and I got some homework to do, but I'm gonna tell you this story. And um, when I heard it, I was so disgusted by it. So uh, I was deployed to a location, and uh, the staff sergeant was like, like, I get, I don't know what she thought she was doing, but the way she was talking to this airman, you know, um, with that work, and she was just like, basically, like, if you don't like what I'm saying, if you don't do, do what I tell you to do, I'm going to give you paperwork. And I, and, and, and I, at the, it was at that point, I was like, wow, it's like, is that how we're supervising people right now? It's like, if a, if an airman, if an airman shifts or steps to the left or steps to the right, we're just throwing paperwork at them instead of showing them, you know, instead of, being, being, finding a way of being an example. And, and instead of always resorting to the paperwork, there are other things you could do professionally that doesn't degrade the airman to where you can set that, you can try to set the airman a course. And then if it comes to, hey, I got to CYA myself, I'm going to document this. Uh, then you document. You need to document everything you do with the airman anyway, um, whether you give them paperwork or not, because at that juncture, when they, when you run situations like holding the airmen accountable when the EPR comes out, and they go to IG with a whole bunch of stuff on you because they going they trust me, they're going they're going to IG with a whole bunch of stuff on you, I guarantee you. Um, they're, they're documented, but you're not because you're so focused on the mission. And again, as a supervisor, the mission is the people. And unfortunately for us, for tech and staff sergeants, uh, your mission is the mission operation and the people at the same time and that's where it gets difficult um so when i heard the, the airmen say that the, the staff started say that i was disgusted with that statement and it was almost like look look staff sergeant you ain't shit i mean like this, all this, right. this, this 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 is this kid's first deployment first time being away from home this kid is an a1c he i mean not that he's being away from home but like first deployment like this joke only been in the Air Force three years, and this motherfucker's still trying to figure out supervisor, and he, he or she is by themselves, and this is their uh, this is their new temporary supervisor, so this is their first experience. Of, oh shit, is this what is, is this what moving is gonna look like? If somebody don't like the fact that, uh, oh, this is why she had an a attitude with the kid, so the kid they make the kid stand outside while they were cleaning the bathrooms, right? The kid had to stand outside while the staff sergeant was sitting in the fucking bus and the other people were in the bathroom cleaning up. They made that little motherfucker stand outside with no cover. When I say no cover, no shade. So the supervisor walked, you know, drove down, check on the bathroom, check on another another location, and when she when they came pull back around, the airman had actually went 
in the bathroom to kind of get out of the shade to kind of get themselves some shade. And the super the staff sergeant was like, "Why are you standing? Why are you inside? Where are you supposed to be out here?" Blah 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 blah. But it's like the fucking people in the bathroom fucking cleaning up. That's where they need to be in the first place. So, all right. So from the sounds of it, the staff sergeant sounds like they uh they first of all they don't like being at home, so they like being at work. (laughs) But uh, they like how I brought that back around. But but for real, I mean that's that's all failure on the staff, right? Because, I mean you're you're subordinates are a direct uh reflection of of how you are right at least that's in my opinion so the staff failed long before any of these this situation is for what it sounds like to me right Right? so i mean i mean it's easy to armchair quarterback obviously we weren't there and in the situation but to me it sounds like the staff failed long long before you know this ever even happened, you know, expectations where they set or, you know, I don't know to me. I mean, I've had an airman once that, that basically blew up on a mass sergeant and that, I mean, this was in Korea and we were all at the end of our tour. There's all sorts of weirdness that goes on in that. But um, basically as I, I learned from that situation because I, I treated that airman at the time, like, Hey, you're, you've been in a while, almost as long as I have, like I'm laissez-faire. I'm going to treat you like I would a, um, a peer rather than a subordinate because you, I mean, you've only been in a year to do less than I have, but I mean, looking back at it now, I think anytime I'm going to get an airman is I'm basically going to figure out what works for that airman, right? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you like, Hey, you're going to take this personality test and I'm going to take one and then we're going to compare it and we're going to see, we're going to figure each other out. Right. Because we need to be more cohesive and we need to ensure that, you know, you keep, it's funny because you keep saying, you know, uh, you know, there's the mission and there's people and your people is a mission. And there's a saying it's, it's people first and, and mission always. Right. You know, I don't know who said it or where I've seen it or what, but it, it just resonates with me because people first mission always or, you know, so you take care of your people and they're going to take care of the mission. So yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll digress from that. But um, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of, of stuff that could yeah. have been done differently. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a crazy story, basically. And I mean, but one thing that, that I'm going to go out on a limb and say that say that's probably true is that that there was no way, shape or form, whoever that staff sergeant was, they were probably pipeline. They weren't a cross training. And so, oh, and so, oh, so no, I'm messing. Oh, so, so, so anyways, yeah. okay guys. So we've been going. Like it was for maintenance though. They, they were, and, and more than likely they were a maintainer too. Um, so, all right guys. So we've been going uh, quite a while. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, Henry, thank you for being on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for the perspective. God uh, so, damn, 921? Yeah, yeah, we've been going for a while. It goes I, by so quick. It goes by so quick. I, so give us your final thoughts, and then Bracely, take us out, man. Yeah, definitely. So final thoughts. Uh, appreciate, first of all, the, the invite to come on. I'd love to come on again and just, just BS and talk some more. Yeah. But uh, appreciate it. Uh, glad for the insight. And all the younger planners out there, you know, keep, keep pushing through. 
somebody told me the first four years of the Air Force are always going to suck, and they do. And once, basically after that four years, you really got a handle of what's going on uh, for the most part, right? So, so keep pressing on, and, and things always get better. And um, Book recommendations, actually. I want to throw a quick two book recommendations. Extreme oh, Ownership. Dude. Yeah, Extreme Ownership and the Dichotomy of Leadership. Yep. See, you already Those- know. So yeah. some of the words I've, I've been saying probably resonated with you if you've read them already, but uh, good stuff just leadership-wise uh, and knowing people. But, um, yeah, thanks again for, for having me on. It was an awesome conversation. So uh, Uncle, Uncle Ken Brace, you know, take it away. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear no, no what your name was for this time. So, you know, Uncle Ken <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we were hey, so you know, um we didn't we didn't catch this, but me me and uh me and Schultz were deployed around the same time. So we, yes. we, we, we we um so every so my name in the AR, everybody just called me um uncle. So they you know, it did uh Rubnick, Troy Rubnick started calling me uncle briefly. So everybody would just used to call uh, call me uncle because I mean I I I my time there, man, I I, I focused on Making sure that people, you know, people were good to go, were good, and 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 making sure that you know, while they were in stress, they they could call me and talk to me and shoot the breeze about anything. Uh, mm-hmm. But so I'm gonna debunk your one of your statements. The first four years of the Air Force better not, it should not suck. My first six years in the Air Force were awesome. They had to okay. they drug. Personal life, they were fun, but work-wise, as a pipeliner, you struggle, in my opinion, because you don't Why? know. Man, I had know- fun. You don't know what the hell's going on in, in the logistics plans community. It, that's Man, just from my perspective because you, I came you're from talking, Columbus. I came from you, Columbus, right? You, so you're talking to the you're talking to the two time ACC law players every other year. You're talking to uh, coined by the ACC IG. You're talking like I, I, I dude. I had a blast my first six years at the Air Force. I oh, didn't. I did too. I, I did, even with even in log plans, like that's where that's that's where my passion grew in log plans, and mainly because of the people that that uh that was that was we get ready to, we get ready to go to soap another conversation, but it was mainly <laughs> the people that 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 were that were around me when I came in. But oh. anyway, uh, shows man, I'm I'm, I'm glad I, when I saw your name on the roster, man, I got excited because I remember I remember the energy, I remember the the the, the, the tenacious attitude that you had uh, when we were deployed together and i was like yeah this 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 guy's great and when i found out you were over at um at hill um i was actually glad because uh i, I think that mandy probably uh ah, i'm not gonna say nothing about this guy but anyway uh i think that <laughs> i think i think that you know you guys were a great fit uh, i'm pretty sure she took care of you out there uh, oh 100 and, and 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 keep doing what you're doing man keep representing Keep representing the young, the young uh, pipelines. You, you know, you guys are the future, um, and, and 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 continue to keep that energy that you have, man. And 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 I just want to, I want to put a personal responsibility on you. Um, be that lead, be that contagious leader that everybody wants to be. Like, not everybody doesn't want to be like. We got to start. We got to start teaching from a positive perspective, than a negative perspective. Don't be that leader that everybody said, I learned how to be a supervisor or leader because that's, that person wasn't a supervisor or leader. So 
I'll leave you with that nugget. Uh, and, 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 and I will echo everything that, that, uh, that Henry said about for the young planners. Um, and you guys, you know, I got homework to do. I'm trying to get this master's in marketing uh, so I can help Gonzo get his stuff together. And I am. And, and get it. And before you, and before you hang up, I want to tell you before either you two little privileged pipeliners say about the, or Henry, you first three or six years of your career, first four years career be bad. You don't know what bad is until you spend the first half year of your career cleaning up the pubic hair of another man in the maintenance uh, building at work. All right. And with that, I'm out. Bye. <laughs>